I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and as usual I'm joined by my old buddy, my esteemed colleague, it's Ryan Peacock NFL. Good day to you, sir. I'm good. It's good to be back on the pod, um, even though we haven't really got, I say we haven't got a lot to talk about, but we haven't had any Packers football for what feels like forever. Yeah. But I guess this Monday night, is it Monday night? Yeah, it is Monday night this yeah. week. Tuesday morning. Yeah, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. But anyway, yeah. So Monday night slash Tuesday morning, we can get back to Packers. Yeah. This half one crack in the morning. Not good. Not good at all. It's not good. And he used to not mind it so much when, um, you know, you're pretty, I guess, guaranteed to win with number 12. But uh, I'm guessing we're still going to get up for it, are we? And uh, watch it at stupid o'clock with Brett Hundley under centre. <laughs> yeah. Always, I mean, uh, do you know what? Let Let's announce this off the top, off the top of the dome. Uh, off the top is that we now have because we we couldn't figure it out for ages, right? Remember we had the Facebook page, which is at UK Packers on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UK Packers, and we had that, and it's like there was no banter on it at all, and then we realized, oh yeah, because we've got a page and not a group. So then we linked a group to it, a closed group, which you can now find at www.com uh, facebook.com forward slash and you can things and if you go on there you can find the closed group and invite to join it's also all over our twitter and we sent a newsletter out about it as well like facebook so. need to pull their heads out their arse though because the fact that you need to have two separate things for what is essentially the same thing hmm. is ridiculous so let's just come on let's just get it together yeah sort it out or at least allow you to convert one to the other which is another, another thing you can't do so uh, well it's a closed group, we'll say, so the posts aren't available to the public. But that does not mean that if you go and spout off, you know, we should have traded Rogers in the deadline, you, you might get name dropped. Oh, you will get my name dropped. If you're posting in that group, be very aware that we might take that and talk about it in the podcast. Yeah, it's going to happen. So you've been warned. But it is a welcoming place, so please join us. Yeah, by all means, uh, well, your every move will be watched. No, it's like, what do we got? We've got uh, over three... 300 members now so that's good it's not bad in 24 hours is it yeah and so we've 1700 on the because that's the disparity right because we have over a thousand members 1700 people on the facebook page 300 people in the closed group we have was it over what nearly 10,000 people on twitter 12 and a half what was it 12,000 now instagram yeah. So, like, you know, we we kind of need to. How do we consolidate all these people? Why is there so many different things? Why can't people? Why can't Instagram and all the rest of the gear all just get together and say, right, lads? Yeah, just have one. It's one thing now. Yeah. It's pictures. So I guess, um, well, if if all the social media people out there are listening, you know, me and Steve, we can come in, consultancy, um, you know, just keep it to a tidy six figure sum. That's cool. Um, yeah. And we'll just tell you how to run your companies. Just join the three of them, four of them together. Taste, gram, done. Book. Taste, gram, book, done. <laughs> sounds there we go. sounds I mean, more like a cooking app. <laughs> yeah, the cooking alien food. Come here, we do have some Packers news, but uh, you were you were telling me something interesting off air that I want to prod, I want to poke with you. 
I'm interested in it because I'm interested in all this type of history stuff, right? Joan's dad is Dutch and he was in the Merchant Navy. And that dude has unbelievable historical stories. This guy was sailing at 16 years of age back when Jesus was a baby, right? Most interesting dude ever. So I like history. Um, I took history models in college, even though I was doing an accountancy degree when I should have been taking economics, but I said, screw that, I'm going to do history instead. You told me some uh, nice little tidbits about your family history. You're at a, unfortunately, you're at a family event. I wasn't too happy, but you got to hook up with all family and your tree is as big as you. Yeah, well, it's it's as is probably the case in most families. Unfortunately, you either meet up at funerals or weddings or... Uh, What's the other one? Babies. Yeah. Where you dunk them in water and stuff. What's that called? Yeah. Put the snorkel gear on. Baptism. That's the one. Well, it is if you're Catholic, I guess. Christening is the word I was thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so those when you tend to move up, isn't it? And uh, a few years back, there was a guy in our family who was well into his 90s, I think, that came into the party and started putting the trestle tables all together. And he just rolled out this massive scroll of paper and when it was all revealed it was our family tree all handwritten beautifully handwritten and going all the way back to almost the beginning of the 1700s which was quite a big deal and quite a big amount of paper so it looks like over time somebody's added on another few sheets of paper and and then taped another bit on or Mm. or i don't know how, how it's been done but it looks fantastic and it goes back a real long way. And, um, yeah, so I've managed to meet some other branches of the family, if you like. And then when you get talking to them, they... And the, the, the what I love about it is the aunts and uncles and grannies and granddads, they go, oh, yeah, so I'll tell you how we're related. You go back to, so your mother um, was son of so-and-so, and they were son of so-and-so, and they were son of so-and-so, who was my great-great-great-grandfather's brother. And then you go, oh, wow, brilliant. So then, like, our families meet if you go back to, like, I don't know, 100 or 100, maybe even 200 years. So it's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. I love all that stuff. I love going back through the family history because... But do you know what? It's bad. It's bad as well because you can go back in your family history and find that there's just some weirdo. But the painful part for me was is being interested in all of this type of stuff and with how divided Ireland was when we were under British rule and then there was the civil war and everyone sort of wants to find out did they fight with Michael Collins against Michael Collins for anybody who doesn't know who that is it's Liam Neeson he's Michael Collins um you know look him up we went back into our family tree and I found a couple of things one is that we owned just a cascading rolling lands in Wicklow but apparently my great great grandmother or something like that decided to fall in love with someone she shouldn't have and she was an only daughter so her parents said to her, if you bugger off at this lad, we're going to give the land away. You don't own it. So she was like, I don't care. I love this guy. And did a runner with this lad. And they gave it all to like the guy who helped out on the farm. He got all of her land. And then on top of that, um, her family owned a dumper load of land up in Temple Bar, which is the place now you can go and for the pleasure of having the same point you can get outside of Temple Bar, you pay about 15 euro per pint. So we owned a dumper load of land in Temple Bar and apparently that all got pissed away so and I sit in front of you now not a wealthy landowner of rolling lands in Wicklow or Temple Bar it's a shame imagine the meetups I know 
Could have had our own official HQ studios. Could have had it all. Yeah. So cheers to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, family pass. Because think about it, like if we're, you know, if we're going way back a couple of thousand years, you think people would have accumulated a few gas by now, you know, pass some stuff down. What have they been doing? Like? <laughs> uh, anyway. Should we talk Packers? We probably should. Go on. What's What's been tickling your well, beard? I wouldn't say it's been tickling me, uh, me anything, but Ricky Jean Francois gets cut for the second time as a Packers in a total of one season. Um, yeah. Now, they, they say it's to make way for Vince Beagle, and I really want to see that guy on the field. Obviously, as a Wisconsin Badgers fan, it's exciting when he got drafted, just like when, as well, Jared Abraderis got drafted a few years back. Um, those are the draft picks that at stupid o'clock in the morning when you're watching the fourth and fifth round of the draft or whatever it is, they're the ones that get you off your seat. So really want to get this guy on the field. Really hope that he has a bit more luck than Jared did in Green Bay. Um and yeah, so Ricky Jean Francois got got cut for the second time, and uh, some people, I have to say, online were losing their heads, which I don't understand. Um, but most people, I think, just saw it as a he's one of he's in a position of strength. I think our D line is quite quite a position of strength, certainly in that defensive tackle position in the middle. I think you know with Kenny Clark doing so well, the fact that Mike Daniels can go in there as well, um, you know, it's a position of strength, and we didn't need him. Um, but I think uh, I think obviously they decided they needed Vince Beagle more. Yeah, it's funny because uh, people get shocked about like, oh, they're after doing it again. And the money that they were giving him was in the millions, you know. So and he's a veteran guy, and they said, oh, we're losing some some you know veteran talent. But if you look at our interior defenders, we've we've Kenny Clark, who's ranked eighth on Pro Football Focus, Mike Daniels at thirteenth. So we're doing pretty well there. And Ricky Jean Francois has been doing so well that he hasn't even played enough snaps, snaps to be graded. So that'll kind of give you an example of all the people like, oh, need to know. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe it. I was like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? And even the ones that he did play. So to give you an example for Kenny Clark to land at eighth on the list, his overall grade is 88.1. Mike Daniels at 13th. So he's, you know, dropped five spaces. He's 86.8. So Ricky Dream, Ricky, tripping over myself today. I can't speak French. Ricky Jean-Francois is 48.9. So that's where he stands. Even Montrevious Adams is 51.1. So it'll kind of give you an example that, yes, he's a veteran. You would deem him to have a lot of experience. And I know people talk about the intangibles. It's not about the grades and all this type of stuff. But, you know, when you're just over half as good as Kenny Clark, a young lad who's 21, you yeah. know. And I think as well, I think as well, when you're looking at it, more more... I think look at this story as not the negative that Ricky Jean Francois got cut, but look at the positive that we're getting somebody in that could make a difference in the Green Bay pass rush. I mean, the last few weeks we haven't been able to get the pressure that we had in the first first two or three weeks yeah. um, on the opposing QB. Um, still doing well, I think, against the run. Again, I haven't got those stats in front of me, but... I think we're doing okay against the run, but we need to get more pressure on the quarterback, and maybe Vince Beagle can be that guy. So there's still a lot of guys on the roster, uh, particularly at the outside linebacker position, who I think are probably hanging on by a thread. Um, and certainly I think Vince Beagle can come in, not only compete, but I think he can actually come in maybe do a job. Yeah, yeah. so like Clay Matthews is having a career year. He's playing his best since arguably the Super Bowl run. They have him at 25th. Now, last year, I think he was something ridiculous, like 113th. Um, his grade is 82.6. Nick Perry 
is undoubtedly being hampered by that hand injury with having to wear the club. He still managed to clock up a sack on the Saints, uh, only their fifth this year. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're doing well, but I think in total they have six sacks between them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and then, you know, linebackers-wise, I mean, Blake Martinez is ripping it up. He's 13th on the list, Jake Ryan 56th, but Blake Martinez has been standout. That's the thing. The inside linebackers were perceived to be an area of weakness before the season. Mm. Now, do we have the best inside linebacker core in the league? No. But do we have one... They're certainly up there and, and doing a really good job at the minute. Yes, I think so. And I think Blake Martinez is actually somebody that could be a star in the league, not just for the Green Bay Packers. Jake Ryan does you a really good job in there. Joe Thomas can fill in when he's about. Um, you know, Clay Matthews hasn't been in there so much this year, but he's still an option there should it, should it be needed. So um, I think the inside linebacker has done well. The outside linebackers, defensive line, we need more pass rush there. Um, but certainly the outside linebackers, I know Clay's having a better year. Nick Perry continues to do all right. But apart from that, Ahmad Brooks is there. He's been in and out of the team with injury. you got, is Kyla Fackrell still hanging about, possibly? Um, you got the young guy that, the young guys at the start of the year that were cut, the likes of sort of Reggie Gilbert and the other guy, I'm trying to think what his name was now, uh, 90, number 91. I believe he was. And I said he was going to have this big breakout year and it didn't happen. Um, um, Quinton Dial. Oh, that's Quinton Dial's on the team now, isn't he? Yeah. But there was a there was a guy at the start of the year cut before the season started. So, I mean, Quinton Dial, he's one of those guys I'd almost forgotten about him. He's unfortunately not going to be a top, top player, I don't think, on this team. He's, he's a guy filling the spot at the minute and doing a job. But Vince Beagle has an opportunity here to come in and be right behind the Nick Perry, the Clay Matthews, and Ahmad Brooks. And he's probably going to be able to trump Ahmad Brooks if he can stay healthy over Ahmad Brooks. So he could be right in line here for a lot of playing time. And should any of those guys that are starting to make get injured, he could be quite quickly thrust into the limelight. I'd say so, yeah. Like, he's been around the team enough and he's going to be running the plays, learning the playbook. He's going to be, you know, egging to get out there. And as well as that, we looked at this in our draft special. Mm-hmm. And the stats is how he came up against um, TJ Watt. Yeah, was very very similar. In fact, he had an extra. Was it? Did TJ Watt go to college? What was it? Three years, and I think they had Vince Beagle at five years. So I think there was something like he had two years extra on him. And I think the only way that he felt, I think he had the same, almost the same stats. And you might go, oh, yeah, because two years more. No, when you sort of, no, yeah. when you look Season at the comparable averages. time, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the same. And the only thing that TJ bet him on was something like a vertical leap or something ridiculous. Um, and Vince Beagle looks an awful lot better since he got that ridiculous haircut gone. <laughs> I know, loved as it. As the hair specialist of the UK Packers. I loved it. But look, yeah. he's somebody that can come in and do a really good job. So yeah, it, unfortunate for Ricky Jean-Francois, um, but he never really felt like at any point he was becoming a part of this team and an important part of this team. He came in, he did a job. He wore the green and gold, and thanks for that. And thanks for the efforts made. But he never really established himself on this team and when you have the like you said right at the start with the Kenny Clarks doing so well with the fact that Mike Daniels can play inside and do so well we just didn't need him and so unfortunately good good luck to him hopefully somebody else picks him up but uh, yeah there's a change and come here I'm usually the stat man you know and this is where we should have that drop of the scat man come in and it goes skibidibidibido do 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 I'm the stat man 
Exactly. Um, so, Demarius Randall, I love Rob Domofsky. Uh, you fangirled over him in Green Bay. All of this is true. True? Yeah, because we H. both have great haircuts and we can both appreciate a good razor blade. Yeah. Meanwhile, Steve did he, Did you see me hair today? Just yeah. look and check He's it out. He's got a top knot, people. I don't have a top knot. It's man bun. It's, it's, it's full on man bun. Right. Quite frankly, there's no difference between a man bun and a top knot in terms of absolute disgracefulness. Well, hold on. Does your brother not rock the top knot? Yes, and he's been told to. Well, mine's right at the back, and it's a big old chunk of hair. I finally grew my hair. It's still pretty much so, on the top. It looks like no, a top. No, there's no way you can look. I'm looking at you right now. Can you see it? Okay. No. Yeah, it's just pink it up. No, you can't. And do you know what? Do you know who gives me stick about it all the time? Especially at five aside. It's the bald fellas. It's the fellas with no hair. Listen, the game's over. Right? The game is over for you. You're not getting. You're not getting hair on the top of your head. Come here to me. Let's talk about Demarius Randall. So love Rob. Love his stuff. But here's where a stack can be misleading. So he has a piece on ESPN and he says, Packers Demarius Randall take step towards redemption after slip-ups. I don't think that's true. Um, so he says from weeks five to seven that only one other player, which is Kevin uh, Byard, has as many interceptions as Randall. So, which is three, right? Interceptions are one thing. Uh, arguably, they're not indicative of how well you're playing. Not unless you're Charles Woodson. Because you can... I know you might... And I'm going to say this and people are going to be like, uh, yeah. But a quarterback can have a boneheaded play and literally throw it to you when you're in the wrong position, right? Because that's where the receiver should have been or there's some massive breakdown or some crazy pass rush or whatever. There's underthrown balls where you get smoked and you're underneath and then you get the ball thrown to you. So that's arguably not up to you having good play. That's bad play. So interceptions really... I was going to say inceptions. Interceptions aren't indicative of how good of a player you are. Um, and... Madness. So I was looking at this and I was like, right, he's made a resurgence, right? So I dived onto Pro Football Focus and had an L view because, you know, I'm a bit of Pro Football Focus. And I was like, maybe he has, you know, maybe he's going to be right up there. Demarius Randall, out of all cornerbacks, he's 102nd. Yeah. So he's not doing that great. But I will say that some of his performances in recent weeks have been better at times, but then he's still every game there's still three or four moments when he's still horribly out of position so I think what we need to see from Demarius Randall is yes we need an an improvement on the field but I think we need to see the improvement on the sidelines and being part of the team and doing his coaches want and and having that respect for those coaches and his teammates Um, and if he can keep doing that then hopefully his on-field stuff will improve now I think you only make interceptions if you put yourself in the right place at the right time. So I kind of get what you're saying, that you can be in the wrong place and the quarterback throw it to you, but you put yourself there for a reason. And sometimes there's no explanation behind it. It's just the instinctiveness of just feeling the situation, looking the play, seeing what you recognise, a player maybe moving his feet or shaping his body or a quarterback shaping his body and looking with his eyes. And so every time you get an interception, with the exception of if it's one that's tipped up in the air and you're lucky enough to sort of get on the end of it, if you make an interception, it's always a good play. No way. There's no, you can't say that. There's no way. For I know, instance, I the thing I is, I say, that, I say that with every confidence. Everybody listening is going, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Look, with a tipped ball, you're in the area. That's a difference, right? So you're going in to make the tackle. The ball gets tipped. You take the ball away. If you strip a ball, brilliant, um, and you're there to dive on that ball then that's been stripped, brilliant. But if you're the, the receiver of an underthrown ball, 
you have to expect the quarterback to make that play. So you don't expect him that if you get burned by a player and he has like five yards on you, 10 yards, and then the well, quarterback then bottles it and underthrows it, and then you end up coming down with it. You haven't put yourself in the right position. You got smoked by the receiver. If the quarterback put it on the money, that's a touchdown or whatever, or a big play. And then you're in the position to catch it. There's no way that's putting yourself in the position. Like, you didn't deliberately decide to lose a step and then you get thrown to by the quarterback, surely. Or maybe he just had his head round and was more aware of what the quarterback was doing than the receiver that was just on a straight-up flight. <laughs> There's no way, Roy. No, I'm not having There's this. No way, man. I'm not having this. Originally, I was a linebacker. I would always be team defense. Come on. You guys, you, you offensive guys, don't allow us to make proper tackles anymore. Um, you can't start taking away the skill set that leads to interceptions as well. No, like we've seen no, it before it. where a quarterback will just bang everyone, up everyone at the home, air. Everyone at home knows I'm right. No. All right. Well, then listen, anyone listening to this, get back to us at UK Packers yep. on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Join the close group. Get into that and trash Ryan yeah. Peacock yep. at Ryan Peacock Hasht- on Facebook. Hashtag Steve is right or hashtag Ryan is right. Yeah. There's it's no way every interception, tomorrow. apart from a tipped ball. I'm, I'm telling you, 95% of people are going with me and the other 5% are just hipsters. Oh, yeah, with top knots. Let's see. Let's yep. see. So quarterbacks, or I should say cornerbacks, our best one is Devon House, and he comes in at 56th. In fact, our best cornerback by grading, but hasn't played enough to be properly graded, is Lindsey Pipkins. Like, by a considerable margin, he's actually in the green area on Pro Football Focus, which means, you know, that he's pretty damn good. Um, Morgan Burnett as a safety as well. So he's our top safety at 14th on the list and he's grading really high but the reason he grades so high Ryan is is because he's effectively playing as a linebacker as well that's our problem really isn't it I mean you know we're expecting haha Clinton Dix to now communicate uh, the defense put everyone into position which Dom Capers come out and said that he doesn't know how he's going to actually stand up to that task he doesn't know how he's going to react Morgan Burnett because of the nitro package as a linebacker are we really deficient in the secondary because we've effectively pulled Morgan Burnett out to play linebacker no no um, because we weren't, even when he was back there, he was the better one in that secondary, but we still had problems in the secondary. So moving and changing his position doesn't, doesn't, isn't now the cause of that. Um, it's still all just part of the same thing that's been going on for the last two or three years. Um, I think as well, Morgan Burnett will probably take over those play calls again once he's back fit and healthy and playing. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think that makes any difference to it. The secondary just hasn't been in the right place for, for a few years now for whatever reason that might be. But look, I wanted to ask you something, because you mentioned Devon House there, and I think he's an interesting one, because there was a number of fans when TT pulled the trigger and made those big free agency signings in the off-season. Devon House was one of those. And there was a number of fans that weren't excited about it. You know, a number of fans that said, oh, he went to Jacksonville, and now he doesn't... No, he's not good. Or And, you know, we spoke about it at length on the podcast, and we said, well, it's because he went there his first season, he was all right. Second season, they changed the system and they brought people in to suit the system and Devon House didn't suit the system anymore. Um, and it wasn't really his fault. He was never really given the chance to go in there and, and, and succeed. And he's back with us. And I think it's great for him that he's proved that and he's had the chance to come back to a system that he does excel in. And he really is looking like a veteran leader on this team. He is at our, because we met up in Green Bay. So he did show that willingness to lead their locker room. He was seen as the number one cornerback. So I think he does add that dimension to it that he can tell the lads because like he was there when um, Tremont Williams was there, uh, Charles Wilson. That was Charles Wilson's last year when he came in as a rookie, right? I think. Um. So, you know what? His problem is inconsistency, Ryan. Is because if you look at his snap counts, is that 
you know, he'd 49 snaps in the first game and he comes out with a really high grade. The same amount of snaps in the second game and he comes out with a, a really poor grade. And then he plays really well, then he plays really poor, then he plays really well. It actually goes in that order. Is that well, poor, well, poor, well. And I mean, there's a considerable margin and difference between the good performances and the bad. If he was just to keep up that level of consistency. Now, like with any stats or like with anything, you have to delve a little bit deeper into that and wonder why. Is it because he doesn't have the support group there? Is it the teams that he's yeah. playing, the quarterbacks that he's playing? It's hard to know. Yeah. But I suppose the, the tale and the showing of a really good player is consistency it's yeah. playing good week in week out no matter what the opposition is but i so, think you touched on it right there it can't always be on him and when the rest of the group is not consistent enough and when the rest of the group can be making some ridiculous mistakes he's going to be asked to cover more he's going to be asked to support other players and give help to other players more and so it is going to affect his game i mean haha clinton Dix is one of the better safeties in the league probably now i don't know where he ranks at um, but he's 55. one of the right. So he probably doesn't rank as high as he should do because actually he's very he's part of a secondary that doesn't seem to have an identity or a direction. And I think Devon House probably suffers the same as that. So I think it's one of them. I think they probably Devon House is a very very good player. Um, but yeah, I think he probably just just lent on a bit too much by the rest of the secondary, and so therefore it comes across as. Or in the stat books, it will come across as inconsistency. But I think it's probably probably more the rest of his teammates in that secondary that are, mm. are causing that than him. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the team coming together, there was an awful lot of kind of a hullabaloo made of Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay, getting back into the locker room and the sort of pep that that gives the players. Is that a media story? Or do you think there's any real significance or talking point around that? I think... Um, one, there's a it's a media thing in the sense that it certainly gives us a, a feel good factor to have Aaron Rodgers is back in the building. You know, it makes everyone go, "Oh, good, Aaron Rodgers is back." Um, and I think what it does is it puts somebody by Brett Hundley that's not a coach, but is certainly as intelligent as a coach and can help him as much as a coach, but it's not a coach. Do you know what I mean? So Brett Hundley can probably be far more honest with Aaron Rodgers then he probably can be with his quarterbacks coach or Mike McCarthy. You know, so if he doesn't understand something or he feels uncomfortable with something, he could probably say that to Aaron Rodgers, they'll work that out. Whereas the coaching staff, that maybe shows, you know, maybe doesn't feel as comfortable because it's a different level. Um, so I think that's one thing. I think in um, when they're training, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there and he's going to be giving a lot of help. And I think on game days, it wouldn't surprise me if Aaron Rodgers has a headset on and is very, very close to Mike McCarthy uh, and very, very close to Brett Hundley when he's on the sideline. Um, and he'll be very much part of that co coaching setup, maybe even have um, some input with play court. Yeah, it's a good dynamic to have as to what's happened. If, if it's going to happen, uh, this is... Because, for instance, I don't know what it would be like if Tom Brady went down and Jimmy Garoppolo, who I know is gone now, but if they had that quarterback room, because Jimmy Garoppolo and the states that Tom Brady is in his career, how Tom Brady took over Bledsoe, I wonder would Garoppolo be seen more so as cutting Tom Brady's time short had he sustained an injury? Kind of like, and you might go, well, that's unrealistic. Well, look at Tony Romo. Now, it's you know, people are shouting at the, at the podcast now saying, geez, there's no comparison between Tom Brady and Tony Romo. I know that, but I'm just saying, there's that competitive nature there. 
it's in nobody's mindset that Brett Hundley is going to become the future of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is going to step in, going to get another Whopper contract, have another six years left on his contract or whatever more um, if he keeps on that diet. So I think it's the best sort of scenario for that, that we have a young kid coming in who's chomping at the bit to get his chance. Even his language around it, Ryan, saying that he's excited, you know, not sort of like, oh, it's a challenge, but I'm going to step up and blah, blah, blah. He's saying, I'm excited to get out there and it's fun to play with the lads. Like that's akin to number four, Brett coming in, you know, and that, that's good to see. And I think that will be the case that Aaron Rodgers is going to mentor this guy because I think we all know it. This is Brett Hundley's audition to also leave Green Bay in time. And look, there's going to be teams out there who are going to look at him and say, let's take a chance on him, even if he doesn't really perform that well. But that leads to kind of to a question that we got in the closed group on Facebook um, that people were saying, because we put it out sort of asking, you know, you know, do people want us to talk about anything in particular? And Steve McChrystal says, with Hundy now having a game and a half under his belt, what are your expectations of his progression for the remainder of the season? And there's another question as well uh, from uh, Gavin Nixon to say, do you expect Hundley to play with a little bit more freedom on Monday? And I don't know if we can answer that. You know, his progression and how they expect him to play is going to be linked together. I think when the backs were up against the wall and we did that whole run the table thing, it was kind of reckless abandon that the season was effectively over had we lost the game. So it's that kind of lottery. I sh- I kind of expect that to happen with Hundley to a degree here as well. But that's the, you know, if he actually has the ability to be able to do it. But that, that's what we're going to see being washed out here, right? Is that... They're going to try to get more of the big-time receivers involved, more of the bigger plays. They're not going to try to dump off the ball as much. Aaron Jones, I think, will be expected to run the ball as much to give two things. One, to take the pressure off Hundley, especially early on in the game. Probably expect four of the first five plays to be runs to see, first off, how stout the Lions' run defense is, and second off, to take that pressure to, to let Hundley get his feet from underneath. Um, I don't know, Ryan, do you expect big things here of Hundley do you think it's a matter of McCarthy taking the training wheels off Hundley or are they literally just playing with a game plan that they know he can handle and that's what it actually is? I think what you'll see this week is McCarthy trust him a lot more, maybe open the playbook up, add another couple of pages in, whatever. The reason for that being is what Hundley was asked to do the week, uh, not last week, two weeks ago now, um, I felt he did well for the most part, and I know his completion yardages were down, and I know he didn't complete a great deal of, uh, many deal of passes, I get all that, but he looked good at times. I think as well, they managed to get a good look at Hundley in a full game situation that he was prepared for, and they'll probably be able to go, okay, so this went well, this didn't go so well, we need more of this, we need less of that, maybe we try a bit of this. They'll be learning all the time, more and more about Brett Hundley and Brett Hundley will also be learning more and more all the time about Mike McCarthy and his playbook um, so that's going to get better and better it's going to look more and more natural as it goes this week I think we're playing against a team who we can beat um, and I would expect to see Hundley I would expect to see more Certainly the run plays that you said about, the run plays are going to be there and why not? Aaron Jones is doing a great job at the moment, so why not let him keep motoring? But I think what you'll also see is a lot more screen plays, a lot more slants, and also add into that maybe some more 
Because what I think he needs to do more is scramble more. So whether that be a designed run play or whether he just instinctively sees a gap and runs. But I think you'll start to see more of this scrambling type quarterback. Um, and, and hopefully as well, they continue with a few of the sort of more trick plays where, where they, they were popping in the reverses and, you know, doing all bits and bobs like that because that just keeps it exciting. But yeah, certainly I think you'll see a quarterback who's more relaxed um, and a quarterback that looks, again, even better prepared than he was before. And I, I would expect us to win this game. And what shocked me as well that came out this week was, is Ian Rappaport said that, and he used the word steal, is that the Packers went after Brian Hoyer as an experienced quarterback. And then Mike McCarthy came out and said that since Aaron Rodgers' injury, that you know he hasn't got into a conversation with anybody about bringing in a quarterback, that he's happy with the room as it is. And he said that that's the personnel department. And he got a follow-up question to say, you know, so you're saying it's all the personnel department. And he says, yeah, you know, they're doing their job as well. Right, did that strike you as odd? I mean, here's the head coach and he could potentially be landed with a veteran quarterback. That seems odd to me. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's strange. They obviously paid some interest there and nobody's really going to tell the truth and McCarthy's going to say save face by saying it was somebody else that did it. But they must all be linked. I mean, you, you see the guys on draft day, there's not just Murphy and Ted Thompson up there all the personnel guys up there drafting the team for him. Mike McCarthy's there as well. And so are his coaching staff, his quarterbacks coaches, D-line coaches, running back coaches. They're all there because they all make a decision together. So if there was, certainly in my opinion, if there was a conscious decision to go and explore a Hoyer um, pickup, then they all knew about it. Coming out in the media now and saying, oh, that was the personnel guys, they were just doing their job, doing their due diligence, whatever you want to call it. That's fine, but you knew about it. But I get why he's coming out going, nothing to do with me. I've got my quarterback and I'm happy. And let's remember as well, it was only two, three weeks ago, he was saying that I've got three years invested in Brett Unley, I've got two years invested in Joe Callahan. that's my QB group and that's what I'm going forward with. So for him to turn around now two weeks later and say, oh yeah, we did go after Hoyer. You know, and I like Hoyer. I think he do, he's done some solid jobs um, as a starter and as a backup coming in and becoming the starter at a number of different ball clubs that are terrible ball clubs, he's done a solid job. But I honestly don't think he would have given us any more than what Brett Hundley right now gives us. No, and that was the strange part is that sort of change in philosophy that I'm happy with my quarterback room, then they go after a veteran. Um, yeah. And of course, like he's going to come out and say, no, it wasn't me because he doesn't want to rock the boat. But to be honest with you, I don't think it would have bothered Hundy to a degree anyway. It's not going to knock his confidence because he knows he's not the future of Green Bay. He's just got to go out there and play. And if he yeah. doesn't play well and throws his toys out of the pram, a la Brock Osweiler, it's not going to do him any favours. You know what no. I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, other teams are going to look at it like a character flaw. So, so he's got to play anyway. In that, it, so in that group, you've got um, Brendan or DJ Brendan Calvey. That's a very cool name. Um, he says, if it is true of us going after Hoyer, do you think that we approached any other quarterbacks? Yeah. And I get a feeling I know who we might be thinking about. Um, I think like, like Voldemort, I'm not mentioning that name. Yeah. So let's just say uh, they didn't go after another number seven. Um, I think that that was asked about time and time again in different post-game conferences, midweek conferences, whatever. You know, that was asked about, that was put to bed. Um, the Tony Romo one, which is the one I would have preferred, 
let's face it, as much as I would have loved it, Tony Romo in his prime, um, that was probably never going to happen either. One, for his injuries and the fact that as well he's nailing the job he's got right now. Um, and somebody, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that, you know, if Tony Romo walks out and vacates that job position, Peyton Manning's going to walk straight in and take it. So uh, he's not going to give up that amount of money to come back and play football for a team for, you know, a few months. So I don't think we probably did. I, I don't know who else is out there, to be honest, quarterback-wise. I mean, you know, that, that we, we are just sticking with what we got. If the Brian Hoyle one is true, you'd have to guess it is because McCarthy addressed it and said it was the personnel guys. Um, or he said if it was, it was the personnel guys. So you'd have to guess it's true, otherwise he'd just come out and go, that's a load of horseshit. Mm. Uh, and that'd be the end of it. So, Yeah, uh, Bruce Ramage says, would you guys have brought in anyone before the transfer deadline? My answer would be no, because <laughs> like the difference in this team is the quarterback, right? So you have Aaron Rodgers in, you know, we're high up on the list. We're, I think, one of the top teams, if not the top team at one stage, to go to the Super Bowl and win. Yeah. So one player goes down and then all of a sudden we're trying to bring in people. I don't know who you'd bring in. I mean, the running back situation's tied up so it's wide I, receiver. I like, I like the question because it doesn't say there's any restrictions on the question. So it says, would you guys have brought anyone in before the transfer deadline? Yeah. I'd have brought in Brett Favre circa 96. <laughs> I think that would have helped. Um, or I'd have, I'd have uh, yeah, I don't know. We're going super fantasy here. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, look, and the thing is, we can all look at the defense and say, yeah, we would have brought someone in there. But A, who? Who's available mm-hmm. at this stage? And and not even the who's available, you know, because obviously you're going to trade for people. But, you know, anybody worth their so weight and salt isn't going to be traded. I know where you're coming from as well. So, like, trades work out to be expensive. So you have to get them right. Otherwise, you give up a lot to get them. So the problem with it is, is right now, if we brought somebody in on defense, whether it be a cornerback or a safety, you brought in a D lineman or a linebacker, or even you look at the offense and, and you go and get an offensive lineman, for example. That's all very well, but more than likely, if you're trading for somebody, you've got to then redo a deal. They quite often come with short term contracts. This season, we're very up against it anyway. It's probably not going to make a great deal of difference this season. So if you brought in one superstar, with the exception of a quarterback, because obviously if you brought in, let's just put it now, Ultimate Fantasy Land. If you manage to bring in Tom Brady, for example, then obviously that changes your team when you go to the playoffs, right? So I'm not being completely naive to it, but obviously you're also not going to make that happen. So really, it doesn't matter what else we put in our team now. Unless we can get back to having an elite quarterback, it it wouldn't have made any difference. So I think that's why we probably didn't make any moves. Um, We see what we can get this season. We see if we can get to the playoffs. You know, if you can perform some miracles along the way, that's great. But I don't think bringing in anybody is going to make a massive difference to where we, we finish up. Yeah, um, agree. Jill Briggs says, who are your mid-season defensive like and offensive question. MVPs? Um, this one wasn't too hard for me, I don't think so. Okay. You can nearly pick an MVP, which is not really the point of it. You know, you need to pick one. It's kind of implied, but... Yeah. I mean, the MVPs for me, Blake, Blake Martinez, definitely won Morgan Burnett's grading off the charts. Kenny Clark looks like the future. Um, but Aaron Jones gets it for me. And I love this, that... um. An article came out about Aaron Jones and, and they were looking at sort of, you know, the, the top value picks in their position and why. And Aaron Jones came out near near the top. So he's a fifth round pick. Um, he's the number three running back in the league at present. And he's currently the 77th highest paid running back. Now, when you're 77th on a list, you're never the highest in anything. It's usually you start knocking people down to the lowest. 
This guy comes out of UTEP. Um, you know, again, Rob Domofsky came out with an article saying that he expected him to be good. Um, the running backs coach, Sermons, expected him to be good, but nobody else really did. And they extrapolated out his numbers and said that if he was to continue with his rushing yards, you know, that he'd be the top, he'd be one of the top five, top six running backs in the league. And with his carry average of 5.6 yards per carry, he's currently second in the league. You know, Ryan, this guy's beating out, you know, the Zeeks, all the top running backs, the Fournettes and all the rest. Yeah. So, ridiculous player. Yeah, he's certainly up there for the offensive one. Um, I'd go Devontae Adams, personally. Um, and I think probably now, in the, unfortunately for him, in the second half of the season, he's going to struggle to go the way he started. Um, the only reason I put him over the top of Aaron Jones is that Aaron Jones is as brilliantly well as he's done. It's on a very small sample size and we suddenly had to change everything to run him. So, you know, that's the only thing I take away from that. That's not Aaron Jones' fault, but you went with Aaron Jones, so he gets he gets his award from you anyway. Um, so I'm going to go Devontae Adams. And on defense, I've got it between um, Blake Martinez and Kenny Clark. Um and I think I probably just shade it for Blake Martinez. And that's probably just because I used to play the same position as him. Um, so I'm going to go for the middle linebacker over the defensive lineman. Hmm. Well, the jump he's made, the jump the two lads have made has been pretty sensational. And to see young talent come through like that yeah. um, it is pretty special. And Aaron Jones, it will be interesting to see how he performs. Because, you know, the second part of Jill's question, I mean, who does... Who does she think that we think would be the people who are going to make a step up, you know? Um, Aaron Jones is definitely someone yeah, we're going to have to keep an eye on. got a head start on it, yeah. And, but they're going to have to stack the box against them because they know that Hundley might not be able to rip off some plays. They'll certainly take that risk. I would if I was a D coordinator. So he's going to see some totally different looks now. I don't think he's going to be treated to what Ty Montgomery was treated to last year where we had a dynamite quarterback. We didn't have any run game, so they didn't expect us to do anything with the run. So he was seeing some pretty empty, empty boxes. But Aaron Jones are going to start stacking it on him now. Interesting to see though, like when Ty's out there and Aaron's out there, Aaron seems to be getting a going, whereas Ty doesn't. And I think that's kind of what pips the the MVP decision for me. Anyone that you sort of earmark here, Ryan, to make a step up, the, like the obvious candidate is probably Martellus Bennett, right? He said that he's going to retire. You might not see that he doesn't have a lot of will to play, but he's starting at a very low bar. So if anyone's gone on proof. I, I think it's I think it's a real strange time to come out with the fact that he's thinking of retiring. I'd almost say now, with the way things are going, okay, fine. You put Kendricks and, and Richard Rogers out there. Um it, I find it an odd time to come out and say it, to be honest. So no, I don't think he's gonna make anything of a step up. I think he'll have good games or he'll have better games. Um but I think by the looks of it he'll probably be largely Largely continuing in the way he is. So the guys that I think that could make the step up, obviously Aaron Jones, we've already said, is making that start. I think there's a number of guys on the offensive line as well that have been forced into positions um, that you might see become people that next year can really push for the starter spots, um, especially as we seem to always be hurting at, at, at the offensive line position. So they're getting a really good education this year. Sometimes it's not pretty, but... You know, that you might see somebody on that offensive line, one of the, one of the lesser known names, jump up. Um, but certainly on defense, I would give it Kevin King. I think you're going to really see him come into his own in the second half of the season, probably fo- followed closely by Josh Jones. Um, and they're gonna they're both going to get more and more chances. So yeah, it's it's good. And um, we're probably all forgetting the the I guess the one. And okay, Jill's question doesn't really touch on it, but. If we were going to give a, a title in the same sort of manner as those to 
the guy that no one was talking about being a superstar before the start of the season that might now just be, and that's Kentrell Bryce. Um, he's a guy that's really doing well. So you might see him second half season really sort of cement his place in the team. Yeah, he can if certainly he fall some already. people in half. But yeah. Ryan, how annoyed are the team with Martellus Bennett to come out and say in his first year of a three-year contract that he's thinking of retiring? Um, I, like, I they just can't think, be happy with it, can they? I kind of just think it's like, all right, Martellus, it's not all about you. And it's a strange time to come out when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. So now you're going, oh, yeah, actually, I might just retire. I just, I don't know. For me, it's kind of like, where's your head at? But because at the when the team came back to practice, he didn't give the reporters any time. They asked him why would he retire, and he just said life. And they said, are you going to be talking to the media much this week? And he says, no, I've nothing to say. You just kind of get the feeling that he's doing, you know, he's got other, other interests in life now. He's more interested in that. Um, his play certainly suggests he's more interested in other stuff. Um, but I just find it a bit of a... Sh- a bit of a crappy time to come out and and start and start with that. I'm going to retire talk right after sort of Aaron Rodgers goes down. You know, Brett Hundley has his first game as starting QB. They lose it. It doesn't go brilliantly well. Um, and then to come out and go, actually, yeah, I'll retire as well. It's kind of like piling on. And it's like, no, we should be getting tired together. If you're thinking that in your head, that's fine. But if you're also planning to play the rest of the season, you don't need to come out and, and, and mention it now. That could have waited to the off-season and be one less distraction. I just think it's poor timing. Um, so I was willing to jump on the same and say the same, but let me proffer something different. This is a guy who, you know, says that he, he reads fervently, listens to audiobooks in his car. Uh, some of his favourite books are Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Um, you know, this guy, the philosopher who came out, you know, and awakens your, your senses. So could there be any possibility that... Martellus is doing this to try to take some of the distraction and the media attention away from no. Brett Hundley. No, I don't think he thinks any further than uh, than himself, to be honest. Mm. I don't know. I think I think he just he had a feeling and uh, he came out and spoke about it. So, which is you know his right to do. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I just think it's a crap time, and I think it was a bit of a selfish thing to do. Yeah. And if I'm going to be honest with myself, I think the same. And I thought that since he came to Green Bay, I think the media love him in the off season, And it's great because he comes out with these these zingers, you know, this this sort of stuff to say. But I said it on the last podcast. I think he's a bit of a peacock in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, it is about him. He likes to be the center of attention. He's very flamboyant with it all. And I think, yeah, this is probably another way of him sort of screaming out for attention. Um, But again, not to get on the guy personally, you know, He's a, he seems to be a good guy, good family man, a very smart guy yeah. uh, at the back of it all. I'm just look, I mean, like I said before, we all have one of those, one of these type of dudes in our friend groups or whatever. Um, let's not dog the team. But we're going to get on to our Detroit Lions preview in the next podcast. But what's your initial impressions then for the Packers, Ryan, this season? Do you think we can grade up slightly? Is your hope still there? I think um, I'm just trying to think. It's difficult to put a number on it. You know, I want to say there's going to be another four wins in our season, um, but obviously we're going to need more than that. Um, but it's difficult. I mean, we've got a run of games coming up that are winnable, um, but it's it's kind of like what what do you expect out of it? Like, I still expect us to go to the playoffs. Is that realistic or not? I don't know. 
Is it realistic on the play we've seen so far? No. But I do believe that week on week things are going to get better and better and they're going to find a way to do it. And it's going to come right down to the end. It's going to be heart attack pack. And we may or we may not make it. One thing we need is we need the Vikings to start losing some games um, because we kind of kind of need any help we can get. So, I mean, this one, um, Monday night against the Lions, for example, to, to use a sort of English soccer phrase, it's almost the six-pointer, isn't it? You know, which is obviously, for those that aren't into soccer, obviously is a term used by teams down at the bottom where essentially not only are you beating a team that was also down the bottom and taking the three points, but they're not getting the three points, so... You know, it comes into one of those sort of six-pointer type things for me. So if we can beat the Lions, they obviously are losing a game. They go one more back in the division. We need the Vikings to start losing to some people as well. We're going to need that help around us, and we're going to have to keep getting better week on week. But I believe we can do it. Yeah, the Vikings are a tough proposition. I mean, Case Keenum came in, stepped in. Uh, after, you know, Teddy's still down. Sam Bradford... Um, you know, got that injury. He's coming in, he's playing like a superstar, but it's helped by the fact that his wide receivers, like Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, both graded number six on the list. They grade really high. Um, you know, McKinnon is 11th in running backs, which is very serviceable. Kyle Rudolph, he's tied end, is 11th. So I suppose there would be classes having kind of a, you know, a high octane offense at this stage. You look at their defense, they've got some nice pieces. You know, Xavier Rhodes, cornerback yeah. is in the top 20. They have the number one safety in the league with Harrison Smith. They have the number six linebacker, dare I say his name, uh, Anthony Barr. You know, Linval Joseph is doing a stellar job on the interior. Uh, Everson Griffin is eighth on the edge. So, you know, they've got some really nice pieces. It's a, it's a pretty tall order for us to try, you know, mount something against these lads. But I think, do you know what? It's one of those situations where, and it happened to me a couple of years ago where you know, some bad things can happen to you sometimes. And if they all come together at the same time, uh, it doesn't break your spirit. It kind of makes you a bit stronger. And you look at all these things and the only thing you can do because you seem like you're at rock bottom is just just break your heart laughing at it. You know, and it just enjoy the ride to a degree. And you know that at the end of it all, it's going to be all right. And I think looking at this Packers team, you would never want your MVP quarterback, you know, to go down, but he has. And it makes some of this stuff exciting again because, you know, wins are well-earned instead of expected. And you're looking at these games now and you can properly analyze stuff. You don't have an MVP quarterback who can sort of paste over the cracks to a degree. You're seeing the team bear for exactly what it is and you know the team's getting stronger for it. And as great as the heart attack pack was and as much as these games would run close and our defense had let us down and all the rest, we're really scrapping out there. You know what I mean? The team is not at rock bottom by any means, but it, I think look, I think it injects that bit of excitement into it, and we don't go into these early morning games, Ryan, do we? At half one of a Tuesday morning, and sort of think like, ah, oh, we should have this one. We'll go into it and really try pick it apart and, and look at the good pieces to it. It's a bit exciting. I totally get where you're coming from, and I, and I and I almost applaud you for trying to put that spin on it. But I would much rather just still have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> So yeah, I'm not I'm not going to get behind you on that one. Sorry, it was very well put though. It's not even spin. It's not even spin. Sometimes <laughs> this stuff comes up in life, and you just have to enjoy it. For instance, when you look at it this way, when I go to the dentist, I don't think I used to be scared of the dentist, right? Like frightfully, embarrassingly so, right? And I went to, ended up picking a dentist that was, what was it, friendly to 
it, nervous people or whatever because I used to go in and just think they were trying to murder me some really bad dental experiences as a kid and it just scarred me for life so I went to the dentist and I decided to adopt the the opinion that look uh, if you do have to get a tooth filled you're probably going to have to only get maybe what if you're good to your teeth obviously two or three of these maybe in your lifetime I don't know if that's the average and if you are even though it might seem like a bad experience you're not going to get the chance to do it a whole lot in life so instead of looking at that you know drill and that's all terrible maybe try actually just experience it for what it is because you'll only get to experience it maybe once twice three times in your life and then it's gone forever you never get to experience you can't relay that experience onto anybody else and you can't say that you did it so when you go through these hard times maybe just try actually feel them and experience them because everything is transient you know everything doesn't last for forever so look it's football who cares it's not that serious Uh, that's a bit of excitement to it i don't know deep deep so deep yeah, that's a new segment of the so podcast look, called Going Deep. I wanted <laughs> to look, I wanted to quickly ask you, I know we're getting on now and we'll probably end uh, wrap it up in a bit, but I wanted to ask you quickly just to go on something more general NFL. Go on. So another two quarterbacks have gone down this week. So yeah. Andrew Luck's been shut down for the year and put mm-hmm. on IR and it now reported just before we came on air tonight that Deshaun Watson may have done his ACL. I mean, what is going on this year with quarterbacks? You know what? It's not even quarterbacks, is it? It's it's, it's teams kind of in general. <laughs> it is. It's the, the injuries are crazy. I think that is this the you know, is this the agreement that they all signed the collective bargaining agreement? Is this coming back to bite the players in the ass? To a degree, I mean, you know, they wanted not so many padded practices and all of this type of stuff. Sometimes you need to come into contact and maybe know. people. I think it's maybe just, just just a mad year where everything's on its ass. Hmm. You know, I mean, even. Even this week, not an injury situation, but the Browns, who are forever in need of a quarterback. So, Deshaun Kaiser, early in the year, for example, he gets benched for uh, some Hogan Hogan dude. I can't even remember him now, a quarterback. Um, gets benched for that guy, gets put back into the team, um, thinks he's got a starting job well, does well in London, gets back home, and it turns out they tried to make a trade for AJ McCarron at the Bengals. And what's even better is the Bengals accepted the trade and told the NFL, yeah, we're all good with this. And somebody at the Browns forgot to tell the NFL it was happening, so it didn't happen. I mean, yeah, the NFL is just drunk and needs to go home mm. and sleep it off, right? Yeah, and the thing that shocked me as well was, well, it didn't shock me. It shocked me at uh, what shocked me was people's shock. So Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the 49ers and he goes for a second round pick. AJ McCarron. They offered a second rounder and a third rounder for AJ McCarron from the Bengals to go to the Browns. And people said, oh, I'd say the, the Browns are really miffed now because Garoppolo's after going to the Niners when, you know, the Browns were given the same deal and, you know, they didn't take him. That's quite obvious. The reason that they didn't do it was is because there was all this talk about all oh, money ballers after going to the Browns. Oh, look at the trade that they made with for Brock Osweiler. They're absolute geniuses. I can't believe what they're after doing. That's amazing. And I expected them to be better than they were. I think you expected them, didn't you, to go to the playoffs? Yeah. So they looked like a good team on paper, but they didn't do too well. Why would you trade a quarterback? Because Bill Belichick comes out and says that, you know, that was unsustainable, his quarterback room, because they would have had to have paid Jimmy Garoppolo starter money when they weren't willing to do it. So, 
they want a good pick for him. And before the season, when everyone said on paper they look like a good team, he's not going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick to a team that looks like it could potentially go to the playoffs. Now you look at the Niners, they're 0-8. They have not won one game all season. That's going to be a high draft pick, even if they do end up going on and doing well for the rest of the season. You know, like, which is highly unlikely, let's be real. So they're looking to the future. So of course you give Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick to the 49ers. Because let's face it, Jimmy Garoppolo to me, Ron, I don't know how you feel about it, is still relatively untested. He's one of these quarterbacks that looks brilliant, but is he? He's absolutely untested. I mean, he went in for a very short period, didn't he? A couple of games and he got injured himself. Jacoby Brissett come in. Saying that, we've called Jacoby Brissett and Garoppolo system QBs. And yet, Jacoby Brissett has done a very nice job in Indianapolis. So... Who knows? I mean, it could be an absolute steal. And if he turns out to to play it, if he can continue the way in which he played in those couple of games for the, the Patriots, then a, a second-round pick all day long is is, is awesome. Um, and actually, it's sort of one of these trades where both teams can end up winning on this one. More smart stuff by Bill Belichick. He's the ultimate roster builder. So, yeah, that's it's a bit of a mad season. And again, any Packer fans out there who are thinking... Oh, why do we always? Why are we always the one team in the NFL who always get decimated with injuries every year? We're not. If you were as in depth looking at other teams, it, the same happens. You know, injuries are a real leveler across the teams. And if you look at teams like uh, the Chargers, they always get destroyed. I've a mate who's a Chargers fan, so I always get pinged every time someone goes down. And they, they every year round, they just get absolutely annihilated with injuries. They're the most. I'm not going to say unlucky teams because it probably comes down to a number of things. But isn't it right to say that we're injured, but everybody's injured? Yeah. And of course, every single team goes through its problems, no matter what it is. Um, there could be a different number of problems, but everyone's got their issues. And generally, the teams that will go the furthest will be the teams that have the least issues, whatever they might be. Yeah. Or come healthy just before the playoff run and they're still in contention. Um, yeah. So let, let's wrap her up with any other business. Uh, we're going to be selling the 1919 club slots just to get to, to sell the last couple now we don't have a whole lot left is that you buy one you get one half price so anybody looking to do that can buy a, a place for four quid and then if you add on two quid to it and put on a good description as well because the tickets for dublin are six pounds as well and they're also still available and um, so if you throw in a six quitter just put a good description on that you're buying uh, one place and one half price um as well Another thing that came up uh, this week, Ryan, was is that Sky are letting people vote on week ten. Yeah, so, don't vote. Yeah, but the head, like how do because <laughs> this is the dilemma that that I'm sort of having. So Packers Bears, uh, divisional rival. I have Sky Sports and I have Game Pass. Um, Game Pass has been dodge, but I want the Packers to be exposed to the general public as much as possible. A to get new fans, or B to get people who aren't the diehards who are going to shell out on Game Pass or don't have the money or whatever. So I'd like it to be on Sky. But I can see the rationale why people don't want it to be because if it's on Sky, it's blacked out from Game Pass. What camp are you in? Yeah, I voted for another game. So I want it on Game Pass because I don't have Sky. Um, and so I have to pay for a day pass if, if they're on Sky. So I'd rather it be on Game Pass. And I'm still putting out there that I've still not had a single problem with Game Pass. So That's mad. Not trying to rub it in, but I've never had an issue. And the other week I was watching it in... Uh, on Wi-Fi in the stadium, and it never dropped out once. But did you not have an issue where you couldn't log in? It says that you you log in didn't work or something. Nope. Because that's that's what people are getting. They can't log in. Uh, I logged in a preseason, 
and that screen comes up and says game is starting in 15 minutes and then the game is on and it's saying game is starting in minus seven minutes and i'm like oh you cruel <laughs> cruel mother like why you know just let me watch it then but uh yeah come to that then the uh, couple of the games were glitchy the audio wasn't working then the audio was working but the visual would would freeze so i'd be hearing the game but not being able to see it and then they said that they put some of the preseason games up after uh when you couldn't see them but they never bothered putting them up like ryan preseason is bad enough as it is it's bad but to be able to try watch it and you actually sit down with conviction to try watch this stuff and then you can't or it's glitchy and then you're going and contacting some service provider spending all of five seconds to go and contact them and say hey i want to watch the preseason the joke is quite rightly on me yeah i understand that enough said uh aob from yourself brah not really. I think uh, I think we're about there. Can we get the results of Challenge 2? Can you no. give us a little secret? No. No. All I can Do say I... is we have got episodes coming up for... Uh, episode 2 is very, very close to being done now. Um, of what? Explain it to the people what the hell we're talking about here. Okay, so we're doing a series called The Challenge where essentially we are, the Arrowheads Broad and the UK Packers are facing off against each other right up to the Super Bowl game uh, where in which obviously we have our yearly flag game. Um, but we're doing a number of different challenges up until that point. Now, the UK Packers are currently one nothing up after playing basketball um, in which there was five, uh, I think it was five shots to make for each player. And we won 3-2. Um, so the next one is fielding punts. So we did it on a windy, rainy day. Um, but we were fielding punts. Uh, so we're going to see who wins that one. We've got uh, penalties coming up, uh, as in PKs for MLS fans. Um, and then we have, what else we got? we got field goals coming up, which is going to be an interesting one for all the uh, jip that I get over the years. So we've got field goals coming up, and I'm just going to put it out there now. It was a muddy, soggy field. Um, oh, here we go. There was windy conditions, and it was raining. But uh, we'll see how we get on with that one. So, um, yeah, there's a number of different ones coming up. Now, if you want to watch them, and uh, they are only short videos, so don't worry, they're not going to take all your day up. Um, but they're good quality videos. You can watch them on your TV or, or any other way of getting YouTube up. Um, but you need to go and get subscribed to our channel. Uh, which you'll find at YouTube forward slash UK Packers, isn't it? Yeah, I think you'll find it that way. It's forward slash C forward slash UK Packers. But yeah, I think so I think that just UK takes you to the channel. So if you if you bang in UK Packers, it should come up. Um, but yeah, find it on there. If you subscribe to it, then every time we put a new video up, you will get a notification, uh, which is pretty handy. So keep an eye out for that that'll be up in the next couple of days and if they like the podcast and want to see our mushes while we're doing it where we upload sort of little segments from time to time of behind the scenes in the podcast when we have a rant when we talk about some some lark so yeah stay tuned there's some some good stuff coming up and as well as that uh, we want to get all of your mushes on camera in dublin so the dublin meetup 19th of november i got contacted today uh, by some people asking you know it has it gone no it hasn't uh, the tickets are still available they'll be available um right up to the day so you can still get your tickets on the day so if you're irish and listening try get on it early so that we have good numbers so that we can give it to the venue it's only six quid you get two pints the best seat in the house and free finger food um, and they do some nice american nosh there on the day as well it's a six o'clock game uh you'll be with me a paddy who knows some of the good pubs so if we get a you know a bit of a chance uh to go to some of those bef- after the flag but before the game 
then we'll do it. If not, then we can all head out after the game and either uh, you know commiserate or celebrate a win or a loss. Uh, so so yeah, get on that. And I'm hoping to get some uh, interviews on the day and we'll, we'll be uploading those to our YouTube channel as well. It'd be nice to see some of you all on camera. Ryan, I was going to try and make the trip over. But I think that's all for the podcast for today. So we'll be previewing the Lions game that's going to be on the Tuesday, uh, probably Sunday, Monday. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out on our YouTube channel. Make sure you get onto Facebook and join our closed group. But from myself, at DDDNFL on Twitter, give me a follow. Follow the group, at UK Packers. And of course, follow me old buddy, me old pal. It's at Ryan Peacock NFL. It's goodbye for this week. Goodbye.